Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode seven of the How to Dance Sober podcast, where I look to rebrand sobriety in the music industry and beyond. Hope everyone is doing well. I just wanted to say thanks to anyone that reached out to me after the last episode. I had a few messages on Instagram, just for people enjoying the podcast, which really means a lot. It's glad to see it's uh, going down well and people are relating to it. It's exactly what I was looking to do, is just relate to people that maybe didn't feel that there was the content out there that really spoke to them, I guess, in terms of their sobriety or if they were curious about it. So glad to see it is working for some people. Um, yeah, if you haven't already, head over to Instagram. It's at How to Dance Sober. I uh, would love to chat to anyone that's listening to the episode or has any questions or is finding it interesting. Um, also, if you wouldn't mind, if you're on Apple, just hit subscribe. If you are on Spotify, hit follow. It helps out the podcast. So today I'm joined by a DMB DJ and producer from London called Mosey. Uh, he's had some serious success over the last year to 18 months. And as you'll find out, he's set for some really big things in the future. So yeah, without further ado, let's hit play. Do you know what my uh, my nine to five is in um, like audio uh, post post production and stuff like that, and we we have to do these with like voiceovers and stuff all the time. So um, I've gotten down to a fine art now connecting Zoom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what what's that about then? What do you do that for? Uh, so I work for a post production company. Uh, it's called Factory Studios, and we do all the sound uh, for like adverts, short films, um, TV programs now. Uh, we do the music as well. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I, I was a heating engineer for like 10 years, something like that. So this is, yeah. this is definitely better for me. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Sw- pretty sweet nine to five, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. How'd you get into that? Uh, I was, so like I said, I was a heating engineer and then I just thought, um, you know, I want to do something more music orientated or, um, yeah. something along those lines. So I went back to uni and, ended up sacking that off after a year because I just felt like I was getting more from, you know, what I knew. I felt like I knew a lot of it already and I was like, oh, it's just a waste of time. But someone come into our uni to do a quick chat um, and I ended up blagging a job out of it. So, yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> so what, what did you go back to uni to do? Uh, I, yeah, I was doing music production and technology. Um, but I sort of quickly realised when I was there. I mean, I, I did a bit of research, but... Um, I thought it was going to be a bit more full on. I thought it was going to be sort of more technical. The first year is so slow and obviously they're they're going at the speeds um, that everyone in the class needs to go at, you know what I mean? So it it can be a bit, a bit tedious. Um, And then it got towards the end of the first year. I was like, yeah, no, forget that. Um, Yeah. I definitely think that if I've said to people before, I think if, if, if I was going to do it again, um, it's all about the one-to-one tutorials, man. There's so many producers out there doing them that are shit art. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. instead of ending up with 21 grand debt or whatever it is, you might as well fork out a few quid and do once a week or once a fortnight with current value or fill for someone like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've I've done a a few. I had a few sessions over over lockdown with different producers. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, you can obviously just do everything over Zoom. Um, 
Although my uh, my CPU does not seem to like it. Ah, uh, oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. My uh, MacBook that I'm on at the moment is definitely on its last legs. Yeah, um, mate. Do you know, I was I was supposed to be doing um, uh, some of the like production tutorials with um, Turno's thing. Um, uh, oh, what's it called? Ethos. Ethos. Sorry, it's gonna kill me if I forgot that name. But <laughs> yeah, I, I was like. I'm supposed to be starting some of them, but I got all set up with his like technical guy and started running through it. And literally I was like, hit record. Everything was just like, eh, eh, ah, eh, ah. So, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That, that software that they use just absolutely killed my Mac. Where I think I've got about, I think I've got about 16 meg, uh, 16 gig when it's completely empty and it goes down to about two when I forget. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this thing is, um, is at it. I'm waiting for the, the new one to come out, the new M2 or whatever it is, hopefully the start of next year. And that's me. Right. Oh, new MacBook Pro. MacBook Pro, yeah. I was looking at getting like a mini or something like that, but I think I'm going to hold out for that new MacBook Pro when it comes out and just uh, just jump on that. I, I didn't know there was another one coming. Maybe I will wait. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to get one pretty soon, yeah. So I'm at the point now where like when I finish, yeah. when I'm near finishing a project, um, yeah, the CPU just sort of screws up. So I'm having to freeze everything. And even then, are you enabled it? No, no, I'm, I'm in Logic. Okay, so I, I was in logic until the end of ended well, I started like New Year, first of January this year. I thought, right, well, I'm going to try Ableton out, and I've just used it since then pretty much. Um, but yeah, the same kind of thing is just freezing your tracks. So I, yeah. I even do that, and I, I'm yeah, just still, still crashing everything. Yeah, it still doesn't like it. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that is just the fact I kind of need a new laptop. But I've been running um, logic on this for five and a half years i think nearly six, yeah, six yeah. years now and i just think yeah, it's definitely time for it. do, do, know, do you know what it. though it's, it's 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 just part of the game i think i was over at um zinc studio and he's got like Sick. he's got like a, a, a mac pro like he's got all the um fucking like everything and his, his computer was doing it now and then so I think really it's, yeah it's, it's just, the more you get the more you get do you know what i mean so you get like yeah. a you get a, a, a shit old computer and all that, but then you end up filling it up with just as much shit. So yeah, I can, I can imagine someone like Zinc as well has acquired a hell of a lot of stuff over the years as well. Mate, he's got everything. That, that's that. Um, like for 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 plugins, he's the one. Like any, anything that I'm thinking about, I'd be like, mate, you tried that? It's like, yeah, I have got 16 versions of it or whatever. So yeah, yeah, so uh, is is the one for plugins, man. So tell us about that. How'd you end up in the studio with Zinc? Uh, he was, um, putting some sort of finishing touches to one of the singles that I had on bingo. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, he's wicked, man. He's, he's, he's a top geezer really. He was always one of my idols, like, like yeah. most people that listen to drum and bass, you know what I mean? He's yeah, an absolute yeah. legend. And then, um, I just, what happened? Uh, he hit me up on WhatsApp. Um, and he was like, oh, I heard, I heard, um, lady killers. He was like, it's, it, you know, is that is that going anywhere? I was like, bro, it's been out for like a year. Do you know what I mean? We, yeah. Not nice you to notice, right? But um, yeah, he um he just said if I got anything else, and then I ended up that like me and Shady done a thing that um ended up coming on coming out on there like a sort of liquidy type thing. Um, but yeah, I ch- I, ch- I chat to him for advice and stuff like that because you know someone that's been in the the music industry for for so long, he knows knows everyone and everything that sort of happened. Yeah, yeah. So if it's something that I'd sort of need advice on, I'll try and, you know, try and hit him up and be a pain in the ass. But yeah. I've, got, I've got to get him some more music. He keeps he keeps fretting because he's giving, giving me all this advice and I'm, I'm not giving him any more music. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got, got some chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I own a couple of tracks, I think, 100%. Yeah, 
yeah, well, definitely a good, good guy to have as like a, a bit of a mentor, isn't he? I think he's yeah, much man. better, especially in the drama base scene. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, give us a little uh, intro to Mosey. Um, tell us who you are. Obviously, like the, the podcast kind of focuses on all kinds of dance music. So give us a bit of an intro. Okay. Uh, so I am Mosey, real name Michael Hitches. I um, I predominantly make drum and bass. Um, I suppose I've sort of, I've been making drum and bass for five or six years, but really sort of coming to my own the last couple of years, um, had some sort of commercial success um, recently, especially over the last like 18 months. And that sort of come from, I mean, I had a couple of quite popular tunes on Serial Killers, but now I've sort of found a, a bit of a home at uh, Souped Up, which is Serum's label, um, but still releasing on some other labels. I've got sort of Hospital, uh, I've got V, um, V release coming up. So I'm sort of, yeah, work, working with some of the, the bigger labels now, which is what you get for grafting your buttocks off for about <laughs> seven years straight, I think. But yeah, it's all coming together and uh, yeah, just plenty of music coming. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like you've got a lot that have been released fairly recently and a lot, and like you say, yeah, a lot coming. So um, what's the last like 18 months been like for you? Because I mean, for a lot of people, it kind of slowed down, but it sounds like you've just plowed through in terms of the releases anyway. Yeah, it's... um. It, I think, I don't know whether it's an advantage or a disadvantage, but at the start um, of lockdown, I wasn't really in a position where I was getting loads of bookings. Um, You know, some people were were flat out every weekend and I hadn't really got to that point yet. I had a couple of things on the horizon. So nothing majorly changed for me. I mean, I sort of had to work from home, um, but financially and, and sort of, creatively nothing really changed majorly apart from stuff that I was making wasn't getting played in raves um but I think that sort of allowed me to sort of carry on what I was doing and I I had the conversation with Serum I had a conversation with a couple of other people that that had music lined up for me and they was like you know it's up to you what you want to do you can either hold on to stuff and I, I thought about it and I thought now fuck it let's just let's just carry on as we were um you know because I'm I'm sort of always trying to move forward, always trying to trying to keep things going. I felt like if I just started stacking up music, it was just going to be stagnant to me after a while and I'd end up hating it. I was like, nah, let's just get out there and carry on. Um, so I've, I was putting out a lot of music uh, quite regularly and then it sort of, a couple of things really landed well uh, with, with, you know, listeners and ravers, even despite no clubs being open. And it really sort of pushed me to... Um, not not the forefront, but it pushed me into a lot of people's, um, you know, listening circles and stuff like that, which I wasn't really before. So much so that now I'm sort of coming out the other side of lockdown, I've got, I'm lucky enough to have, you know, plenty of bookings in there. And that's all from, from nowhere. So it's a bit of a strange time for me, really, because I went in one end of it with hardly anything and, you know, not really that known. I'm coming out the other side um you know quite quite different um so that's so musically it's been it's it's been quite strange um but then you know in my personal life it, it's been a bit of a mad 18 months because i mean i like most loads of people i know got covid quite early on um like last march something like that and i've been suffering with long covid since then oh really uh yeah it's it's it's, it's pretty grim man it's like i have like sort of trouble with my breathing and and sort of headaches it's, it's, it's quite intermittent like i'll have three or four weeks where i feel completely fine and then maybe like a couple of weeks of feeling symptomatic um so that's that's had a bit of an effect um like 
I've, I've been put on like a, a clinic type thing where they're dealing with like the physical side of it. And they're also, they sort of chat about the mental side of it and you you know, how you, how you're dealing with it and shit like that. And it's, it's only then sort of like reflecting on it. You think, well, yeah, you know, having this constant lingering illness is, is, yeah. you know, it's never too bad. It's never stopped me from going to work or, or, you know, maybe one or two days, but it's just sort of like a, like a shitty cold you can't get rid of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But once that's, once that starts going on, for like a year it, it can it can have quite an effect on your your mood and your um you know if that if that then starts tying in with your music if you're not being able to create music and that adds on top of it it can um you know sort of it has made me it has made me sort of look at things a bit different and and sort of find myself in a bit of a, a, a rut now and then and and very sort of like low moods and stuff like that so yeah it's it's it's, it's been um it's been a learning, a learning curve, definitely, man. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I'll be glad to see the fucking back of it, like most people, I think. Oh, mate, I tell you what, I can't wait. I was having this conversation recently. I can't wait to just like feel bass. Like, yeah, I've been, I've, been, yeah. Like, I've been to bars and stuff, but it's just like I can't wait yeah. to just step into a club or a festival and just feel that like bass yeah. in the chest. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you mentioned that you kind of struggled a bit with motivation, and like you've obviously felt a bit shit for. On and off, uh, well, let's say best part of 12 months, if not more. How, how do you find, um, or what's your kind of techniques for getting yourself motivated to make music when you don't necessarily feel that way? I think more than uh, trying to motivate myself, it's something that I've learned over the, the past. Well, I mean, it's, it's been years of, of learning what works and what doesn't work. But for me, it's just learning that if you're not motivated, you're not motivated. Um, sort of having having confidence that it will come back because you know I, I i know every single person you know there's probably a few that can can churn out all the time or they can do other stuff but it is you know it is really really the worst part of writing music when you hit that wall and you can't do anything it don't matter if your last your last release was a beat pulp number one it don't matter if it sold got a million plays like the minute that 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 writer's block hits you you think this is it you know this is this i'm never going to write a tune again and i've started to instead of just trying to force it and instead of really trying to overdo it see it as a bit of time off man like a bit of a bit of time to do something you know i've been i've been reading a lot more since lockdown so if i can't write music then i think well fuck it i'll be able to get a bit of reading done or um you know i've just started watching some of the mix with the masters you know the um the sort of online tutorial thing with them. So I watch a bit of that, but yeah, the main, the main thing is knowing that I can sense when I'm in that rut and I can sense mm. when I'm just going to stress myself out. So instead of putting yourself through it and instead of making it worse, just take yourself out of the situation and do something else and let a bit of normal life back in, man. Yeah. Rather than just being engulfed by this, this, this music all the time and just, just let some of the outside world in for once. Yeah, I like it. So uh, you mentioned beatport number ones there. Uh, go back, go <laughs> yeah. back to that, shall we? No, I wasn't. That, that wasn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it might have been a bit. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you had one, didn't you? Yeah, I. Um, I think the first the first one was like a, an EP uh, going to number one. That was the Lady Petrol EP, and um, so that was the first time I'd ever hit the top spot, and that was it was mad. Um, and then. Um, knock your block off went to the the singles chart number one 
Um, and it was just, yeah, it's a mental feeling, man, to get the beat pool number one. That, that, that's the other thing as well. It seems like a lot more genres are in the, the beat pool charts. And it was always, um, it seemed like the jump up stuff was more on, on Juno. Um, and it seemed like everything else was all over Beatport. So, you know, liquid stuff, the deep stuff, the rollers, all of that, that was always doing really well in the Beatport charts. And it seemed like only recently that like the jump up stuff started doing better on there. Um, so for me, the main thing I took from it was like a, a sense of pride, really, that we, you know, we have started attacking that top spot and um, just as much as the other guys. And, you know, I listen, I listen and play all of it, man. I love, I love all the different sub genres and shit. So, um, but it is nice to know that our little crowd and our little crew are sort of having a little bash at that top spot. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I bet, mate. Did you have any idea that, that track, did you have a feeling that track might do better than some of the others or was it a complete surprise? Yeah, I did. Um, I did know that it, well, I didn't know it was going to do well, but I did, have a feeling that it was going to do all right because of the feedback I was getting. Um, you know, I, I don't want to sort of bait any names out or anything, but like there was a few label owners that that had heard it and they were trying to get hold of that track. And it's the first time I'd ever had that, you know, like a sort of, um, like people sort of chasing a track. Um, Serum was one of the first people um, to hear it and straight away he, he, he grabbed it. Um, but then after that, you know, a few people, I think T.I. was playing it and a few people heard T.I. play it and were like hitting him up to try and get, get it signed. <laughs> like, yeah, um, he was he was like relaying these messages back to me. Um, so, you know, I had a feeling it would do all right. And, and I liked the tune as well. But it did shock me that it done so well because to me, I'm very, I'm very critical of my stuff. And to me, I, I didn't think the mix down was the best. Uh, you know, I thought that it could have done with a few other bits but other people were like no it's, it's fine man like it's, it's done get it out there and I, I never sort of really felt like it was done but then I, I feel like that with a lot of stuff do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean yeah I, I'm the same with mine man and um I feel like when it comes to a mix down you just I, I'm never 100% happy with a mix down yeah and I always like if I release something I'll go back and think oh fuck it's, it's, it's got too much of this too or too little of that or whatever yeah um, I think that's one of the things when you mix down your own music in it yeah it's just uh it's it's, hot. it's just so hard to listen to it fully subjectively like you would with someone else's track. Yeah, yeah. Mine's mine's loud loudness man, mainly, man. Like I I put a track out, and I just think, how can I get it louder? How can I make that? And I know that's a bit of a trap that we're not supposed to fall into, but yeah, it, it is the main thing for for most of us. We want a track that bangs. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. Taking it back a bit, how did you originally get into making music? Have you kind of always been into dance music growing up? always into drum and bass how did it all start out no when i was like young young um i was into sort of like punk and metal and shit like that but that was when i was like <laughs> i think when i was sort of like about nine or ten upwards something like that i was like black nail varnish bleach blonde there and listening to the offspring when i was at junior school so yeah, yeah. um but then I sort of grew out of that, luckily. And uh, I, st- I, do you know what? I still listen to some of that stuff. Me and my missus would be driving somewhere and uh, we'll, we'll like stick a fucking Blink-182 album on or, or an Osprey album and take us back to our use. Sit, sit there and rock out in the car for a little while. But um, yeah, the drama-based stuff, I mean, I had a few mates um, that were into like their old school, like Rat Pack and all that type of, um, you know, the old school hardcore type stuff. And then a few mates were into drum and bass. And then as soon as I got to 
sort of 16, 17, I, I quickly realised that that bars, I mean, I, I grew up in Romford, which is fairly renowned for its like bars and, and sort of terrible clubs and stuff like that. And I realised that that scene weren't for me quite early on. Um, and then I discovered Raven and that was the missing piece. You know what I mean? That was the sort of missing link because, I mean, you know, a, I love the music, and B, I love getting off me nut, and that, that the two of them went perfectly together at Rage. <laughs> so, I mean, you could you could dis- disappear for a weekend and, um, and and just listen to music all weekend. So, yeah, I think I, yeah, I got in for it for them and just sort of raved. I mean, I've been raving sixteen, seventeen years now, something like that. So, um, yeah, I've had plenty of practice. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So this is a nice this is a nice step over because it means I can go raving, but I don't have to get pushed around and fucking trampled on. So perfect. <laughs> get to stand out the way somewhere yeah mate. so back to your kind of early raves where were you going i'm guessing would it have been players nights uh you know what i I was never really into fabric i weren't really a a fan of fabric i mean i've been to players and stuff like that i loved um i love some of the proper grotty venues man like brixton fridge uh mass at brixton as well um you know sort of clubs where you'd 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 be i mean we were like 17 18 and and you you're coming out and there's like blood down the stairways and and all that shit and you're just like hey love it like, really you don't realize how, how dangerous it is so, i mean coming coming out of mass in the morning there's people getting robbed on the grass at the front you're just sort of like bobbing and weaving to the station um yeah se1 i was like loved sd1 man that's one of my my favorite spots i mean i've, I've been to some different levels in there <laughs> yeah um but yeah so so yeah fabric was yeah and the, like yeah i've been there a few times but yeah main, mainly the grottiest the grottiest roughest clubs in london i was i was yeah, yeah. really into that <laughs> nice um so have you played any gigs at all recently you've done any like socially distanced gigs or anything yeah i've done a i've done a few bits i played bristol for the guerrilla tactics boys a little while ago um i've done one of the dmb brunches which is really good fun and I've got another one of them in a, in a few weeks. Um, so I've had, I've had little bits, but yeah, mainly it's all, you know, when, when lockdown finishes, that's when all the gigs sort of pick up. Um, you know, still sort of July, August, it sort of starts picking up. By the time it gets to um, sort of September, October, I've just got loads on every weekend. So it's, yeah, I can't wait, man. Absolutely gagging for it. Yeah, I bet. Especially kind of having all those tracks that you've, released during lockdown and and never got to play out that must be uh you must be buzzing to play some of them mate it's an absolute killer because you sort of think to yourself like you know are they too old are they are they sort of past it now but fuck yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get them all in there anyway yeah you've got to. I, I think everyone's just gonna be there's so many tracks that have been released like just as a listener you're thinking oh, i can't wait to hear one of them so i think yeah you've got yeah yeah, just yeah. anything yeah so um yeah, any gigs in particular you're looking forward to that you've got in the diary? Um I don't really know what I'm allowed to announce and what I'm not yet, to be honest, but like there's there's quite a few there's, there's gonna be a few souped up things coming. Um yeah. I mean you know, if anyone's been to any of the souped up nights, like the last one at um at Free Free Eight that they did, which would have been like before lockdown, was just one of the best parties I've been to, man. It was so good. Um so, and when I went there as well, I think I was like just on the, the sort of periphery of getting in with the label and they, you know, they was like, yeah, come down, have a, have a chat. I had to blag my way backstage. You know what I mean? I had to get, <laughs> I had to get Dutta to like get me backstage and that. Um, 
so it'll be it'll be nice to to be there properly representing and and to be sort of part of the the gang. So yeah, the souped up ones, I'm I'm really looking forward to, man. But but all of them, like I was thinking about it today, man. Like all the all the promoters that are just sort of grafting and and really putting their neck on the line. Still, it's just it's it's mental, man. Like you know, if that was me, I probably would have I would have sacked it off ages ago. You know, people are really sort of are really dedicated, man. And our, our scene would be fucked with a hand. Yeah. I think it's uh, it shows some real resilience, doesn't it, for these yeah. promoters and bookers and whatnot that have just kind of attempting to put dates in the diary. They just keep getting messed about and pushed back. Like I think I would just do my nut and try to do all that. It would just be so. Oh, uh, mate, I would. I, I would have given up, man. I really would. Like it's just like you say, it's just too much stress. And then not only have you got the DJs that are relying on you to 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 do it, you've then got like thousands of people that have bought tickets that, you know, I've seen people really kicking off about it and really sort of blaming the promoters. Like, what do you, what do you want to do? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's nothing they can do. I've, I've got, uh, I've got tickets for Fabrics reopening, which was meant to happen, uh, well, a few weeks ago. Um, but they've managed just to push that back. But I mean, I think stuff like that, like they always do like a 30 hour stint. So they do like the Saturday night till yeah. Monday morning, pretty much. I just think I'm putting putting together the kind of the lineup for that and the set times and stuff alone, trying to get DJs that can actually. Well, I don't even know if they're because they haven't announced the lineup yet. I don't know if they're going to be booking DJs from overseas or if they've kind of played it safe and it'll probably make more sense. What's what's book. the date? What's what's uh, the date on that one? I want to say the twenty third. Oh, is it? Um, oh, okay, yeah, I've... Uh, twenty twenty fifth, twenty fifth. Oh, okay, yeah. I've... Mate, I, uh, I was supposed to be booked for, it was like the 3rd of September and like got the phone call for uh, like main main room at Fabric. I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is a dream come no true. Way. And it was on a sick lineup and he was like, are you free on this date? I was like, bro, my sister's getting married that day. Like, oh, I, my God. I was like, I can't do it. I was like, what about, I was like, what about 6am? Can I come at 6am? And I was like, nah, I was, mate, I was, I was gutted. Like, oh, no way. Walking around with a face like a slapped ass. <laughs> What what is that what they would have given you a set time there and then, would they? Yeah, I think I think it was all sort of like yeah, they just had well, they had me in mind and I was yeah, mate. I, was, I mean like it's my sister's wedding, so I can't complain, but no. I was I was I was having a moan about it and my missus was like, It's your sister's fucking wedding, like what what are you talking about? I was like, Yeah, it's main room fabric. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, it's your sister's wedding, but it is main room fabric. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think that's Almost any DJs of like most genres, at least from England, that is like yeah. the one to tick off in it. I know, I know. But hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully I'll be get back on site soon. So fingers crossed. Yeah. I'm sure it'll come back around. Yeah, better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, any previous gigs that you have played that kind of stand out? Have you ticked any off the bucket list already? Um, I played at Boomtown. So it must have been the last year before they closed. Um, yeah. And that was, you know, it's, it's, it's my favourite festival by far. So that was, um, that was, that was wicked. Um, but I was, I didn't, I got my dates mixed up and I basically, I like hadn't been asleep the night before and then someone come down and they was like, I was already going on that second day. And they was like, oh mate, can't wait to see you tonight. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? Oh, like, shit. It was like, yeah. So by that point I just had to carry on. Um, which was it was good fun for me anyway. That was the uh, that was the main thing. But yeah, no, it was uh, it, it was wicky, man. But yeah, like I said earlier, though, man, it's like I haven't really had 
tons of these big bookings. So it's all sort of it's it's all sort of new to me, man. It's a weird one, really. It's um, you know, I've, loads of people like most of the most of the guys have sort of all had their big big sort of things, the big bookings and that. But I, I had like a few like really sick ones. Like, like I was supposed to be playing Glastonbury last year and shit like that, but in one foul swoop they all just went. You know what I mean? Have you been to Glasgow? No, 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 I've never been. I've done. I, I did the last year. It was on. Right. My missus went, and yeah, it was just fucking out of this world, mate. I, yeah, I, yeah. I just felt for me, like I, I'm, I'd say I'm as into like my sort of like rock and indie and stuff mm-hmm. as I am, um, a dance music. So somewhere like that that just has like the ultimate lineup of almost every genre you could possibly yeah, think. Yeah. Of. It's just like the kid, kid in the sweet shop, just running around for the whole weekend. Um, it definitely actually helped being sober as well because I think I would have just got so overwhelmed and like lost yeah <laughs> um you know you know what it's like trying to fucking well you, you i'm sure it's kind of similar to boom I've done one, <laughs> I, I went one day at boomtown did a day and that was a, my friend's dad was like teching for a band there so yeah, yeah. she was just like do you want to go down for the day i was like, sweet so and it kind of had that similar just mad vibe to it that there's just yeah, like yeah, little, it's crazy man weird like unique stages in like little pockets everywhere that's just kind of like, yeah. unlike anywhere else yeah I think I think it's going to be a bit. It's going to be a mad one for me, you know, when I do get back to to that, and and they and I am sober. Do you know what I mean? Because it's I've never sort of experienced any of them things in the in the cold light of day before. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be an eye opener for sure. Yeah, right? yeah, mate. It's definitely uh, a different experience, put it that way. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's definitely got its benefits. So yeah, I guess that moves us on pretty nicely to the sobriety Se- segue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I've always wanted to do one of them. A proper segue. <laughs> um but i mean people always ask me like how do i find my guests mm-hmm. and um some of them come as like um suggestions or i know them already but they come suggestions from previous guests and then some like you come from like a little bit of uh, shameless instagram stalking <laughs> <laughs> so i think someone tagged you in something that i'd uh i'd posted on the house of Sober instagram yeah so just i sort of uh obviously jumped on on your instagram and saw a post you did a little while ago about your sobriety yeah um and i think at that point it had been somewhere in the region of six months how long has it been now yeah it's been so i i stopped drinking uh september the first so what we're in now so i was yeah so like 10 months um yeah no 10 months now um so yeah it's 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 been a it's been a while man i mean it seems i don't know if it seems like long or not really because it's uh all the, the timings are, are all over the place at the moment with lockdowns. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what a year is at the moment, but yeah, yeah, it's been about ten months. All right, and then what what led you towards it at that date? Is it something you'd kind of pondered for a while? No, nah, I mean, it had been something that started creeping into my head. Um, it you know it wasn't something it wasn't something where I was just like, oh, I've got to give this drinking up, I've got to give the drugs up, whatever. I've never I've never felt like that, um, but it just sort of, it was probably like the month before um, I stopped drinking. I, I just thought, do you know what? It's like something sort of opened up and I thought for the first time ever, I could see it as an option. I could see not drinking as, as an option. And, and I've never been out to before. Like it's never, it's never been close to a possibility. Do you know what I mean? I, I loved partying, drinking, everything so much. It just went with my, you know, lifestyle, the, everything um so it was, yeah it was never an option and then it just sort of I started thinking to myself do you know what maybe I maybe I could do it um 
And I felt like I needed a change. I felt like, um, you know, I felt like I was getting a bit bored of shit. I felt like, and, and I'm getting older, man. Like I'm, I'm without sort of trying to count away my years. Like I'm, I'm 32 now. Um, which, you know, I sort of felt, felt like, is this, is this lifestyle maintainable? You know, can you do this forever? Um, and, and you can't really without something going fucking wrong. And I've had a pretty good run and been pretty lucky with it all. That, um, yeah, it just felt like the sort of stars were, were, you know, getting in the right sort of place for me to, to, to give it a little break. And, uh, and I think I sort of knew as well that it, it could very well be full stop. Like I, I, you know, it weren't like I was thinking let's do a month or let's do two months and see how I feel. I feel, I think I had a feeling that, you know, it was, it was pretty much going to be 80% sure that if I did stop, that was going to be it. Like I, I would, would stop drinking completely. Um, and then, yeah, it's, I still sort of think it probably will be that at the moment, but I never, you know, I never say never. Um, but at the moment it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely, definitely, I prefer it, even though it's, you know, not, I mean, I'm sure you know, man, it's not without its moments that you sort of have doubt and shit like that. So, I mean, you might, you might not, man, I'm sort of speaking for you, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, um, I have like really weird moments of, not not doubt, but just well, I guess it is doubt. And they seem to come at like real random times. Like mm. and ne- never when I'm out and surrounded by booze or drugs or anything. Like going back to Glastonbury, I remember just like you were just surrounded by absolute madness. Everyone yeah. was there. And I and I just never never then did I think, oh, I could I could have a beer or I could do this. Yeah, beer. yeah. But it, I'll, I'll just be like sat making music or or I'll just remember a time like where I was at an afters or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, I'll just get this little creeping feeling about it. And then I quickly, and I now just recognize that I just squash it. And I was like, fuck off. And then it just yeah. disappears and that, and that's it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think anyone that does it and that goes from a lifestyle of just getting on, on a regular basis kind of thing, as, mm. let's be honest, nearly anyone in dance music has definitely mm-hmm. gone through a, a period of that. Um, yeah. It's going to come with little kind of, moments where you need to remind yourself kind of why you do why you do it and whatnot. Yeah, I think I think when you're surrounded by people doing it as well, that's enough to put you off. I don't want to sound like people, you know, I'm not I don't want to make it sound like people are all idiots or whatever. But when you see the state that people are in and you you know you you, you hear people chatting absolute bollocks, you think, well, nah, I'm, I'm I'm all right for a drink. Yeah, yeah. A minute to be honest. Like but you're the same it's them little moments where might not be, you know, sometimes it's quite nice weather and it'll be a Friday in the end of sort of end of work on a Friday. And I sort of think I do miss, you know, I miss being down the pub with all the boys and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, it's one of them, it's one of them decisions where, you know, you know why you made the decision and you know why you're doing it. So you don't just want to go back and fuck it up just for the, the sake of a couple of beers on a Friday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel that, that, I always ended up in a cycle myself for me where I do X amount of months and then I would, I find myself fucking it up for like a stupid yeah. reason. I'd convinced myself, like I think one time was, it was Christmas Eve and I get smashed on Christmas Eve. So I'm yeah, smashed. Yeah. And then I was like, why the fuck did I do that? Cause then it was a switch and I'd be back getting on it kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then that, that happened like a few times and then eventually I was just like, right, <laughs> no more excuses. I'm just going to stick at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, did you, um, how did you find it? Was it sort of 
accepted by your mates? Did they did they question it at all, or did they kind of understand your reasoning behind it? Do you know what? I got a couple of I got a couple of mates that even now, like when they've had a beer um, and whatever, they'll be like, "Come on, mate, have, have a drink, stuff like that." And I've had to say to them, "I'm like, bruv, like." Leave it out. Do you know what I mean? Like you're you're, tell, you're telling someone who's gone sober to have a beer. Think about what you're doing. Um, but mate, I was that guy. Do you know what I mean? I was the person doing the same. If someone said to me like, "I'm not drinking tonight," I'd be like, "What the fuck's wrong with you? Like, what do you, what do you mean you're not drinking? Like, have a fucking beer." Yeah. You know, I was that person for years, and it always it always struck. You know, I always thought it was suspicious if someone weren't drinking, and uh, yeah. I, you know, the, the phrase, the you know, people used to know the phrase like, like, never trust a bloke that don't drink. Do you know what I mean? That was a, that was a thing that people said. So it was, and I, I you know, I bought into that. And um, yeah, so it was, you know, I've, 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 mate, people have been supportive. In, in general, people have been supportive and it's very rare because it's not like I'm stopping it from letting me do stuff. I mean, it's a bit different. There might be times where, people might all go back or people might carry on and you're like, right, I'm shooting off now. And then you do feel a bit guilty because you're, you know, you're, you're missing out on the night or you're, you're sort of taking yourself away from that situation. Um, but it's just, it's just part and parcel in it. Do you know what I mean? I'm doing what I need to do. So you, you crack on and do what you need to do sort of thing. Yeah. I think that's so important, uh, especially in dance music is that you're not, you're not, locking yourself up from these certain events it's not it's not stopping drinking and shutting yourself in your room all day and not going out to events there is a way of like going out and experiencing these events yes there are certainly certain after parties or certain situations that you're just not really going to end up in unless you're drinking um but for me that was just like a real small price to pay for everything else you get to experience by 100 yeah um and yeah you mentioned in your most recent video on instagram well, I think it was on was it on TikTok that you then posted on Instagram. Most most of them start on TikTok and then move their way over. Yeah, master of TikTok videos. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you mentioned like you um, you'd done a, a video prior to that that was a bit more kind of light hearted, and you had quite yeah. a lot of messages about it. So it's something that your followers were relatively interested in, was it? Yeah, do you know what? So that's that's what sort of prompted me to 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 do another one because I I did it was just a, a, a piss takey sort of funny video. Um, and I didn't mean it for, to be that, but loads of people were commenting and loads of people were messaging me directly. And, you know, a, a lot of them were shocked. Um, just sort of couldn't believe it, especially if, especially if they knew me before. Yeah. Um, but people just, people were, were quite inquisitive. And I think it shocked me that there's a, there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, thinking about it and are tempted to do it. Um, and I think there's always, like I just, like I said before, there's always been this stigma about it. And, um, and I, I you know, I, I've sort of knew that there was that thing. And then, yeah, people was just hitting me up and asking my experience with it. And like you said about um, missing out on raves and stuff like that, a lot of people were asking me that. They were like, you know, do I have to give up my friendship group? Do I have to stop raving? Do I have to blah, blah, blah. So I thought, you know what, let me, let me, just open up my inbox and say, look, any questions you've got, um, I nearly regret it actually, because people didn't stop fucking messaging me for days. Um, and you know, I had to, I'd sort of get back to everyone. And I still, even now, you know, people, cause it's still floating around on Facebook and Instagram. I'll just, I'll get the old like other requests and like you open it up and it's, yeah. you know, it's, a, it, if someone's written a message at like four o'clock on a Saturday morning, a big paragraph asking about why they shouldn't do drink and drugs anymore. And I, I normally give it a couple of days. So people are off, whatever they're off and then yeah, you know yeah. 
get back. And then normally people still want to chat about it, man. Like normally people do want to do want to talk about it. Um, and I think it's, you know, people just, people just appreciate talking to someone that ain't a fucking book or ain't, uh, uh, you know, a, a 60 year old life or coach a or something like a counselor that. Or something, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, because I, I say to everyone as well, you know, this is just my opinion. Like, I'm, yeah. I might be telling you the wrong thing and this might be wrong for you, but this is just my experience. So, yeah. um, and I really enjoyed it, man. I really enjoyed talking to other people because it sort of made me think about that two months or the three months before I stopped, drink, you know, stopped drinking. And it sort of took me back there and thought, you know, I could, like, luckily I, I had someone and I had a couple of people that I could ask, um, you know, sort of close mates that I, I, even for like a year before that I was sort of mentioning it and have a little chat about now and then. And then, so I was lucky to have that, but a lot of people ain't got that person. So it's, yeah. um, yeah, just sort of doing my public service, but <laughs> yeah, but, but you've got it so spot on there. I think it's, it's, it's your, you're someone that's like relatable to a lot of people that all these, maybe a book or, or like I said, a counselor just would, okay. They, they may understand their point of view or their approach to, sobriety but they don't relate to them as a person when they say you yeah. that like plays the music they like they won't buy your music play your music go to the raise that you're playing at they relate to you like in yeah. regards yeah, to yeah. what it is so when they see someone like that um that's sober and still doing everything that they previously did in the dance music industry yeah it can be quite quite inspiring and, and it definitely just gets the conversation going doesn't it um, yeah i've found like a load of people have I think similar to you, it kind of got questions to start off with, and some people like, oh, just 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 have one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. Was the classic, which I'm sure you've had plenty of. But yeah. then further down the line, as people just know me as sober now, so it doesn't. No one would ever. No one that knows me would ever say that. Yeah. Um, but you do. It does kind of start off these certain conversations that it kind of just sort of plants little seeds here and there, yeah. and then people just do come to you. Like I have a conversation with a mate recently about how he's now he's, he's not quite booze but he's doing a month without it and like mm -hmm. any anyone that he would tell anyone else and they'd be like bollocks he's, he won't last a week kind of thing but he's been messaging me giving me updates and stuff about how he's doing yeah. and he's doing well and i just thought that that conversation obviously would wouldn't have happened if i was still getting fucked so it definitely yeah just, a lot of it is just getting the conversation going with people that are kind of more relatable yeah yeah i've, I've always tried to I mean, you know, if it, anyone that's followed me on Instagram or, or wherever for a while, no, you know, I'm, I'm a sort of open book when I was partying and when I was drinking, I'm very vocal about that as well. You know, like if I'm out on the, on the, on the beers and I'd, I'd be posting that I'm out on the beers and, you know, talking about the, the session shit like that, you know, because it is part of, part of our life, you know, and like people that just sort of cover it up and, and people are like, you know, people are worried that if they've got any sort of platform, you can't talk about stuff. And I don't want to, you know, there's a fine line between glamorizing stuff and, and just being open about it, you know, because if you sort of, if you pretend it's not happening, then it's just no good to anyone. But, um, you know, I do sort of think like, was I sort of glamorizing it too much? But then hopefully the fact that I was so open about all of that, you know, will let people see, well, I was that guy and now I'm this guy. So, you know, if, if I can fucking stop it, then then anyone can. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I've heard that, pretty much that statement from so many people. Um, yeah. Brothers, do you know what? It's the, it's, the, it's the big party heads. Like, I know, like, take for So, like, recently, you've got uh, Dogger, who's off the booze, um, DRS, like, Dell. Uh, there's a couple of others that I'm not sure how, how, how public it is, but, like, so I don't really want to drop their names, but they're, 
um, you know, big, they're all the party heads of the drum and bass yeah, scene, yeah. basically. And it's like all of them guys and me just get to a point and they can't slow things down. You know, that's what I was like. It's I'm, I'm, I'm all or nothing. Like I'll have, yeah. I'll have two pints and that's me for, for, for a week. Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> and that's what, that's what a lot of people are like. Um, so it's it's that it's that certain band of of people that it just really suits them, and they're all people that have got a lot going on, and uh, you know, they're artistic and they're partiers and stuff like that. So it's just all of a sudden they see this alternative, and it's just like let's give that one a go. Do you know what I mean? Did you know Rockwell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's sober. Yeah, yeah. I, I think someone might have mentioned Rockwell actually. I think I was talking to Dogger about about it, and he um yeah he reeled off this big list of names. It's, you know, it's like the Illuminati. I say it's like, bro, <laughs> listen to this. This is this is this is the sober gang, right? We get a round table going. No, oh, exactly, mate. <laughs> Pouring out fucking water into the chat and that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> nice, uh, nice early night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to get that list off you, I think, and uh, and. Uh, <laughs> So you said you'd done a few gigs. I know they were obviously socially distanced gigs, so they were, weren't quite normal. Were they like your first sober gigs? Uh, yeah, mate. I done a my, my first ever gig was um, it was at a pajama party, uh, like a competition type thing, and I was so smashed. I um, I, I thought that the booth monitor volume was like the room volume or something, like that, and someone had turned that right up. And I like clanged all the way through it. I'd done about 12 Guinnesses before I stepped on the decks. And um, some like the sound engineer come in like two songs from the end. And he was like, fucking hell, brother, like, turn that down. I was like, oh, that's all right. That's, that's, that's a bit better now. And he was like, yeah, your set's done, by the way. Like, so that was, um, yeah, so drink, drinking is, is not always just a nice relaxing one when you're on the decks. But yeah, I mean, they, um, yeah, I think that, the thingy one, the one in Bristol that I played was sort of, I was a bit sort of nervy. It was a back-to-back. I hadn't been on the decks for ages. But then the, the DMB brunch that I played at recently, I was sober and went out for something to eat before. And, and I, I loved it. I just, I really got into it. And um, for me, once I'd sort of got behind the decks, it didn't feel no different. It didn't feel, you know, I'd, the nerves sort of went straight away. And uh, I just, just, yeah, just felt no different to, to after a few beers. I know some people sort of rely on that thing to ease the nerves a little bit. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure I'll have that at some point in the future as well, where you sort of think, shit, if I could have a pint that really settle the nerves. But yeah, yeah. um yeah, because it's definitely it's definitely nerve-wracking stepping up, stepping up to like two thousand people or whatever when you when you've done two years in lockdown. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So any kind of favourite things about sobriety? Is there anything that's maybe surprised you about it that you weren't necessarily expecting? Like on quite a sort of deep one, it's it's really sort of, I've got quite into like my meditation and, and sort of um, all that sort of stuff. And that was one of the, the main things that sort of come. And I, it, I, I sort of knew that I wanted to go down that route a little bit more. And that's, something that basically started I, I remember reading a book um when i was traveling and it was uh by osho you know the um the sort of oh what is it i don't but it's a book called joy um i think he actually had it's the guy that had a cult and shit so it's not he's not oh, really? <laughs> the perfect one to look at but he was talking about um you know ego and and the self and and being able to let go of all that and at the time i, I didn't get it at all because i was thinking you know I, my ego is my ego. Do you know what I mean? Like that is, yeah. that is who I am. And it's only when I stopped drinking that I sort of, 
it all clicked. All of that made sense for me. And that's what, that's what really made it easier for me to carry on. Um, I sort of finally got what I meant, what he meant. And I realized that that whole personality, you know, that I really attach myself to, um, the big sort of center of attention, the, the, the person who keeps the party going, all of that is just this sort of thing that you create, you know, and it's sort of fueled by the boat, the booze and the booze fuels it. Um, and you know, once I sort of realized that, that it is just sort of a, a made up thing, it really started letting me, and it's, and it's not an easy journey. I, I, I sound like I'm going a bit hippy dippy here, like, but it isn't an easy journey. Do you know what I mean? Like when you sort of start peeling back the layers a little bit and you sort of try and try and get a bit more um, philosophical about, you know, life and, and you sort of start thinking about these things. And I didn't realize that was all going to come. You know, I just sort of thought I might start doing a few more marathons or something like that. But it's, um, it's made me, it's, it's made me a lot happier and it's, you know, it's, it, it is a, a, a difficult journey, definitely, but it sort of started to open my eyes to different things and sort of, sort of um, yeah, look at look at life a bit different, which I know seems obvious because you're not smashed every weekend, but I wasn't expecting it to be so, um, such a journey, do you know what I mean? Not just a, not just a sort of, it's not like you sort of have an awakening and then you wake up every morning and the roses smell beautiful, like some people say, that's, that's bollocks, like it's not, it's not like that because it's, you sort of have to look at the good stuff and you start noticing the bad stuff as well. Like, so yeah, that's, that would be the sort of surprise that I had. Definitely. Yeah. Nice. What, what a great answer. <laughs> that's brilliant. Um, so yeah, I guess on the other side of the coins, what about the difficulties you touched on there, that there are certain difficulties that maybe you weren't expecting. So any kind of major difficulties that have stood out for you and any um, techniques you've used to kind of overcome them? It's, it's, like I, I like a lot of people probably use drink as a, as a as a crutch a lot of the time. You know, something that if you're stressed out on a on a week at work, then you can you can just get smashed and it all goes away, which it you know it 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 does really to a point. And one of my problems was that I was all right at hangovers and I could get up the next day and get smashed again, and then the day after that, and it was it was easy for me. Like so, it wasn't like um, yeah, like I. I you you you've got to find something to replace that um and if you are stressed out about things you've got to learn to actually deal with the problem properly and and look at things like that which is um a positive and a negative really because you're actually getting to the root of 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 why you're stressed and why uh you know you're in a shit mood and and you can't just take the easy option um so that's 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 definitely one of the di- the difficulties i'd say that it's not just you haven't got that quick escape. Um, but trying to think what else really. Um, I mean, dealing with, dealing with some like parties and stuff is, is a bit tricky. You know, sometimes you do want to, you do want to be part of it and sort of finding, finding your way with, with it is, you know, definitely, I think I've been very lucky to stop when I've stopped because I've had this time where you're not expected to go out and you're not expected to do stuff. So, I've got the hard bit out of the way now. And I think when we go back, we're all going back with, with uncharted territory, you know, like we haven't been raving in two years. So, um, uh, you know, my excuse now is that I'm driving to, to all the raves cause I'm playing there and I'm driving all over the country and shit. So it benefits me not to be having a drink. So that's, that's the okay bit, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely not without its difficulties, man. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, I sort of, you, 
you feel like it, it, it could be very easy, but it, the stuff does pop up now and then and you think, yeah, it's, uh, I could do with having a beer now. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that you, well, you mentioned one book and I think you mentioned earlier that you read quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Have you read any books on sobriety? Yeah, do you know what? I can't fucking remember the name of the book. There's, it's quite a famous one. There's a, it's, uh, she's a, she was a journalist, um, like a sort of London journalist. Ah, the unexpected joy. That's it. Sober. Yeah. That's it. Um, that's it. That's that's the one that I read, and um, I was sort of I was getting ready to you know read a few books around the the subject and really sort of get, and then I read that one, and that was enough for me. Really, it yeah. was sort of all of the things. Or a few of the main points that she spoke about just really hit home straight away. Um, I mean, you know, she sounded like she was in a sort of much darker place with her drinking than I was, definitely, you know. But then it was still little subtle things that she spoke about, like, um, you know, you being being the, the drunk one and you sort of expecting, people expect you to be the one who's like, right, getting the party going and, and, like that's your thing and like when she said that i was like fuck that is me man like do you know what i mean everyone expects me to be smashed and expects me to be like cracking jokes and stuff like that um and then you know she said how easy you sort of get past that and yeah it's just what once you hear it come from someone else's mouth it just it sounds a lot more achievable and it sounds you know it, it seems a lot more real so that that to be honest that's the only book i've read around sobriety um and then apart from that, you know, I've been reading um, sort of like, you know, I've just finished uh, wherever you, wherever you are, you're there. I forget the name of it, which is like a really famous meditation book that uh, Rick, Rick Rubin like recommends as his like must read book. Um, and I read that and that was, that was quite helpful, man, because that was, like I said about the ego and, um, you know, it's like a very, it is like sort of like a, a, a Buddhist way of looking at things when, you know, you, you shouldn't be relying on external things, um, you know, and that's that's all that drinking is, you know, drinking and drugs and stuff like that. They're just, they're taking you out of the moment and they're taking you, they're just diversion tactics. Um, good fun diversion tactics, but diversion tactics nonetheless. Uh, so they're, you know, they're taking you away from, from what's real really. And I sort of read that and that sort of hit home as well. So yeah, reading's definitely... It definitely helps it uh, helps you along, and it just gives you someone else's perspective on the whole thing. Yeah, hundred percent. I always say that without reading, like I read quite a few books on it, um, and without that, I don't think I would have done it. It just um, it felt like the more I learned mm. about it and the more I heard people's perspectives, like you say, it just made it feel like a decision that I was like, why? It came to a point where I was like, why wouldn't I do this? And then it became ultimately an easy decision that I felt yeah. like it would be. It, I'd be less comfortable pushing against this and carrying on to drink. I'll just accept this kind yeah, of yeah. New, new state. And also, yeah, I think that um, the unexpected joy yeah. she talks about, like you say, you have that, that you, you fall into that certain role in your, your friendship circles and certain parties. And I think that can be the difficult thing for a lot of people is accepting that your that role is going to change in the future yeah. Um, and you taking a step back and, and almost relearning how you fit into these certain situations again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it sounds like you've not 
really moved your friendship circle like I've, I've had people message me on instagram saying oh did you have to like cut off all your mates that's, that get on it and stuff like that and i was me personally absolutely not i know there are certain certain people that maybe recommend you just remove yourself from these situations but i was like i, I, I like going out with my mates and yeah as, as long as they're all having a good time and then most of the time they're fucked let's be honest but yeah, they're yeah. in situations that i want to be at they're at, they're at raves and events and stuff that i want to go go to so yeah it, it's learning where you kind of slot in again yeah that's that's one of the main that's one of the main messages that i get as well man and that was exactly like you said that was one of the main difficulties for me and i sort of the the brain is a is a is a you know is a, is a bit of a cunning fucker sometimes like and it really does one of the main things that like my thoughts it was trying to do to me was, you know, you are that guy, you know, the whole, the whole thing at the start is, well, if you haven't got that, what have you got? And, you know, that's how are other people going to see you and stuff like that. And like my girlfriend was really supportive and she was like, look, we've been out before and you haven't been drinking and you're still that person. Like, you know, you're, you're still cracking jokes. You're still doing all that stuff. So you don't need that. Like you just, you just think in your head that it is what makes it's what makes you funny and it's what makes you, um, you know, be able to sort of banter and come back quick and all that. But that, you know, luckily I'm, st- I'm still a piss taking fucker without the booze. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just about <laughs> holding it together with a banner. Good to hear. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so you mentioned you meditate a lot. Did you meditate already? Is that something you've just managed to kind of focus on more through sobriety? Or is it, is that something that's. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fairly new, man. I tried it before. Um, and that is one thing that is is just a million times easier easier without the booze. Um, I couldn't I could never nail it, man. Like your your head is just going at a million miles an hour. And when I first stopped drinking, it, it, it took a while for for my head to to clear. And it like you know it's just whenever I tried to meditate, you know, like anyone that doesn't that isn't aware of meditating, and, and you know it's not it's not all sitting around giving it um, you know, and it's not praying or anything like that. It's just, it's just practicing the art of doing nothing. And it sounds a bit weird, but it's actually quite tricky to do. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, when I started, started sort of getting good at it after, you know, a month or so of practicing, um, it was the first time that, you know, I've ever sort of sat there, uh, eyes closed and just been able to have a completely clear, clear mind. And the first sort of few times that it started going well for me I just you feel like a new person when you open your eyes again man it's really um I still you know sometimes I struggle with it now if I'm stressed out and I've got a busy day and I try to do it first thing in the morning I can't get that day out of my head or if I've got music deadlines or I've got emails from label owners or stuff like that that I know I've got to get back to then I'm thinking about that while I'm trying to meditate but it's just being able to pull yourself back and just being able to to take control a little bit more but that is like it's so much easier. I went now, you know, now I'm not drinking. Definitely. You, you, you're more in control of your thoughts. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I tried it years ago and thinking back, I've never actually consciously realized this, but I, I did it for a few months using um, headspace. That's what I've got headspace, man. I am. Yeah. Um, but that I've never tried it properly since I've stopped drinking. Um, yeah. And yeah, I do remember, I remember enjoying it and, and kind of, I felt like I was improving at it. I just never felt like I was getting it, getting anything from it. And I think anything like almost anyone that I listen to on on podcasts or books or whatever, they always seem to recommend it. It's recommended by like just so many people about how it betters their life. I just never quite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And do you do it every single day? 
No, I miss I miss days all the time, man. And sometimes it sort of comes a bit unexpected. Like I was um I was out running like last weekend or something, and um I like found this little like canal thing or a little river in the middle of nowhere and there was no one there and I was like do you know what fuck it I'm just gonna sit down and have a little meditate yeah. like, a, like a proper wanker <laughs> when anyone was walking past with their dog they thought what's this geezer in his running gear like sound asleep by the sound of the river like but um yeah it's like I, I, I miss days and stuff like that and you know it's not it's not something you have to be completely regimented with but it does it does really, and I'd, I'd really recommend like trying it again, man. Definitely, like now you're not now you're not drinking. It's 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 sort of you get to a stage where it does sort of click, and it, it it's just I think it will click earlier for you this time if you you know, um, and it's, it's because as well I found it sort of goes into you know when you stop drinking you start to try and appreciate things a bit more. I don't know about yourself, but if I'm out for a walk or something like that, I'll try and appreciate that more because you know that. If you weren't, uh, if you was drinking, you'd probably be at home still now. So you think, you know, I'm going to make the most of this this moment because I've gone for fucking years of wasting them. Um, so that sort of ties in with the meditation thing as well. You think, well, I'm just able now to sit here on a Sunday morning outside or inside or whatever with a clear head instead of being stood in someone's kitchen chatting absolute shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it sort of it does make you appreciate things a little more, and it sort of um, makes it feel a bit worth it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think the like you say the kind of Sunday or Saturday mornings, especially in situations where you know full well if you were in the situation you were in last night, you'd still be up. Yeah, there's yeah, just, yeah. There's just nothing better. There's, and for me, they're just I just get a, a buzz that I would never have got before from going to a, a sick night or an event and then yeah. going to bed. And I'm waking up the next day and just thinking about how sick all of that event was. I'm feeling fresh yeah. and then getting on and having another day the next day. Yeah, um, it's, called, it's called being smug. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it is, it is. You've got yeah. to kind of be careful, haven't you? <laughs> I know, I know, definitely. Ring everyone up. As you read this morning, yeah. fucking boozer. Like, no, you're, um, yeah, you have, there, there is a fine line between being smug, man. I don't. I try not to like call anyone the next morning and stuff like that. But I don't know about you, but I found that like, like Sunday mornings, especially like I'm, I'm like laying in bed and I'm like on my phone texting people and stuff. Like that. And it feels like there's about three hours in the day that no one's even aware of. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, why's no one getting back to me? And like, I've, I've gone to ring, ring people before and they're just like, mate, fuck off. Like, what are you doing? Have you got any little nuggets of advice you give to people that are in a similar industry or similar kind of circles to us that are considering it and are maybe put off because i find a lot of people are put off because we're in this and i when i say industry i mean the dance music industry in general that's just kind of synonymous with booze and to an extent drugs so it can yeah. be quite off-putting if people are maybe thinking of it so any kind of tips or advice to someone like that yeah i mean i suppose like an easy like i i knew it was going to be all or nothing for me and i knew it was going to be cold turkey for the duration but you're not going to lose out on on just trying it you know, if you try it for a week or a month or two months, it's, it's still going to be there. Do you know what I mean? That the, the the bar is still there, fully stocked when you get back to raving. So it's not like it's not like you're going to try it now and miss out. So like one thing I'd say to people definitely is just give it a go and see how you get on. Like you, you'll, you'll probably find that all your mates don't disappear like you think they're going to. And do you know what I mean? Like it, it, you still will enjoy your night. So that's that's one thing. I mean, people in 
like you know, I know there's a lot of like producers and a lot of, of people like that. That um, you know, it's, it does seem like after people that listen to our music also make them our music and also want to sort of get on in, in the industry, and they sort of worry that you know you're outside the group a little bit by not boozing. That, that's all bullshit, man. Like a lot of people in the industry, you won't get on with anyway. Like that's the the, the cold the cold facts of it. Like you think that when you break in, you, you're going to be like drinking champagne with all of them and shit like that. You won't get on with half of them anyway. Do you know what I mean? And it don't even matter. You, like you've got your mates and stuff like that. So don't be worried about trying to please anyone or trying to fit in. Like if, if they, if, if people are your mates, they're your mates and yeah, just, just crack on and give it a go. Um, and then what else is there? I don't know. I don't know really, man. I mean, just, just, I, I think like the younger generation, I think are, are, are going to find it easier because it seems to be a lot more accepted in younger generations. You know, there's a, you look at like the uni, the uni figures and stuff like that. And people not drinking in uni is like fucking like 40% or something like that on their yeah. first year now, which is, which is mental. Like someone my age couldn't even comprehend that. Like, it's just, that's crazy. So I think they will, they will find it easy, but, but people, of my age and people like a little bit younger than me, like people between me and your age, that's what we'll go for that. They should just realize that, you know, if it's all right for the young kids to do, then just give it a go. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like you're, you're an old boring fart because you're not drinking. It seems to be quite a cool thing these days. So people shouldn't get put off by, by being, you know, uncool mate. Like if I'm doing it, it's fucking cool. Trust (laughs) me. (laughs) <laughs> that, there's the quote for the episode that, right that's a joke that's a joke you got you got brackets joke right. <laughs> but yeah you're you're right i've had this conversation with so many different people like people that do and don't drink people of different generations the fact that it does seem that like the generation that are at uni now and kind of getting into drinking ages and going to like what would have been your first kind of of age drinking sessions at yeah. bars or whatever it's less of a thing to get smashed whenever you can yeah um, and my, well, I say my theory, a theory that I've heard and adopted and agree with is <laughs> it's like they, they grow up with everything they do being all over social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So any night out, there's a good portion of it is going to be filmed and uploaded. So yeah. it, it's people get used to kind of holding themselves differently because they're aware that this it's not like they can just go get smashed and everyone forgets about it. Everything yeah. ends up online pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah. How, Okay, most of I'm 28, so most of my life is it's been there to an extent, but just not to the level and the kind of it's it's just so instant, how isn't it? Like everything, just, yeah, everything is pretty much online. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, I would I would say you know that could be something that people say as advice, like you know why you should be careful because you know everything's online. But I I fucking well disagree with that, man. Like I. Um, not what you said, but I mean the fact that, that that happens. Like, I think if someone wants to go out and get munted, they should be able to do that without it being plastered all over the internet. So I think that the whole culture where, you know, when I see people posting, you know, you see like the Gurney fucking videos at raves. Oh, and yeah. I, I even see DJs like fucking sharing that stuff, man. And they're like, ah, oh, like sharing that, like, bruv, like think about what you're doing, man. Like that's, that's, that's someone's life there. Like, and yeah, if they yeah. want to do that when they're out, having their bit of escapism that's up to them to do like it's, it's it's nobody's business to be to be like you know mugging people off for that so i think that's you know that's a bit of a naughty one really definitely but yeah it is easily avoided if you're sober <laughs> <laughs> that's the easiest answer right yeah 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 <laughs>
so yeah, just started to wrap it up, I guess. Any upcoming projects that you can tell us about that we should look out for? So I've got um, I've got a souped up EP coming this month, um, which is yeah, it's got some spicy bangers on there, right? and uh, it's got some like I'm I'm well happy with the artwork. Like I, I mean, I love I love the souped up artwork anyway, all of it. But um, yeah, no, I'm super pleased with this artwork. I can't wait to release that. Um, and then I've got. Uh, yeah, V Recordings, me and Shady have got two tracks, one with Dynamite MC, one with L-Sides. Um, yeah, yeah, mate, the one with, uh, I'll, I'll send it to you, man. The one with um, me, Shady and Dynamite is, is you know, it's one of my favourite tunes I've ever done. It's like a liquidy sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I've got that, and I think that's coming on vinyl as well, so it would be like my first sort of solo vinyl thing. Sick. Um, so that's really good. Then I've got... Um, I've just done a remix for Hospital um, that's sort of coming out as well. And what else have I got? 31 Records. I've got my debut EP on 31, which is sort of uh, a bit sort of moodier and a bit a bit, a bit bit deeper rather than just sort of jump up stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, other projects. I think that's about it, man. I'm like, I'm just, you know, constantly writing stuff, um, always looking for new little avenues. I get, I get bored quite easy, man. So... I would, I would definitely say, don't be expecting me to be doing the same thing in in a year's time. Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll by then I'll probably get bored, and I wouldn't be surprised if I'm doing something completely different by then. Um, probably still making shit TikToks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, just getting out and playing out as well, man. That's one of the main things. I, I went, um, I went out the other day to that 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 protest thing. Um, oh yeah, on the on the on the Sunday and. Uh, I was I was walking around with with Lens from hospital and it's the first like big group gathering that I've been to since a lot of my tunes blew up <laughs> and there was uh, there was like, loads of like ravers there coming up to me like oh you Mosey and I've never had that man so like it was blowing my mind like after the first one or two I was like oh, this is a bit mad and then it was happening again and again and I was just like I, I told I told my missus I don't think she believed me but we went. <laughs> We went Soul in Motion the other night and a couple more people did it. I was like, see, I'm fucking famous. Like, <laughs> I told you, I'm not lying. Um, so, but like, not just people saying, but I love talking to people, man. Like on my Instagram, like my inbox is constantly going just with ravers and, and things like that, just messaging me. I love talking to people. So one of the things I'm looking forward to the most is just being able to chat to people face to face, man. You know, people that have supported, have supported my music over this time and, and help me get to this point. I want to be able to say thank you to everyone. You know what I mean? And just, just, just stand there and have a little chat and see what's going on in people's lives. Cause that's, you know, it's all, it's interesting just seeing what these fucking bravers are up to the mad little fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, um, I'll be keeping an eye on your gigs. And if you've ever got anything up Sheffield way or, um, if I'm down, I'm, pl- I'm, feeling I'm playing at, are you near Leeds? Leeds ain't a yeah, bit yeah, miles yeah, there, is it? Yeah, I yeah. think I'm playing at um, a festival around that way. Um, yeah, sort of end of the year, something like that. So, Fucking yeah, get nice. yourself down, mate. <laughs> yeah, we'll do, mate. We'll do. Um, and yeah, just finally, we'll give us a little handoff as to where we can find you on your socials. Uh, at Mosey DMB on everything. I've uh, I've binned off Twitter. Twitter weren't working for me anymore. It was, uh, it was just, yeah, a bit dead. But apart from that, yeah, Mosey DMB hit me up. Um, Come for the come for the laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> you definitely get plenty of them on your TikTok. It's, uh, it's <laughs> some quality shit. Sweet. 
Um, but yeah, it's, look, it's been a real pleasure. I found you like genuinely really interesting to speak to. Um, oh, thank I'm you, sure. mate. No, I've really, I've really enjoyed it, man. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm sure people will find it interesting to hear everything you've had to say. So thanks a lot for your time, mate. Really appreciate it. Sweet. Nice one. Thank you. Thank you.